Thank you for tuning in to the International Family Church podcast. Here at International Family Church, our mission is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. Here, we believe it's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. If you're in the greater Boston area and are wanting to grow in your walk with God, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information about our service times. Being a part of a life group is one of the ways you can find freedom in your life. You can find all our available life groups for the fall semester on our website, where you can connect with others who share similar interests, are at a similar stage in life, or have experience in an area you would like to learn more about. Life groups have one simple purpose, to bring people together. We believe God created us to live in community with others so we can experience the full life God intends for us. Meaningful relationships can be hard to find, and that's why small groups exist, to make life-changing relationships relevant and accessible to you. We believe in small groups so much, we incorporate them into Kids World and IFC Youth Classrooms every Sunday during the service. We have small groups available for young adults and those of all ages and different walks of life. If you missed our launch day this week, we have another opportunity September 16th for you to get more information. We'll be in the cafe after all three services where you can connect with our leaders and sign up to join a group geared toward your interests. To find out more about life groups or anything else happening at International Family Church, visit our website at intlfamilychurch.com. Now here is Pastor Jonathan with the first part of our new series titled, Missing Out. You ready for God's word? Come on, let's pray. Let's believe God together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are grateful for the opportunity to praise you and to worship you and to get excited about how you're building a firm foundation in our lives. And we are grateful for that, and we believe it. And we believe that it's through our worship, it's through the hearing of your word, it's through believing your word that we truly can have the building materials to create and to build a firm foundation. Thank you for your word that's about to come across. Thank you, Holy Spirit that your word comes across with clarity, with accuracy, with simplicity, Lord God, with transformation uh, in its spirit of its word brings transformation to our lives, so we will never be the same. May they just not be words, but be life, and life more abundance. We give you all the honor and glory for it. We believe that, that you still do miracles today. Do a miracle in my life today. Do a miracle in my family today. We believe this is a season of miracles for your honor and for your glory. And all of God's people said, amen. 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 God bless you. This is part one in a four-part series entitled Missing Out. Missing out. Now, the design for this series, the purpose of this series, is to make sure that none of us are missing out on what God has prepared for us when it comes to his plan and purpose for our lives. Because oftentimes, we are missing out on what God makes available to us simply because we don't realize it's for us. And we miss out. Perhaps it is our crazy schedules, our present priorities, our hectic schedule, um, uh, and so oftentimes our just general unwillingness to be able to see clearly, which stops us from seeing clearly all that God has for us and what that next step might be so that we can walk in God's highest and best. Amen. I don't want to miss out, do you? No. 
I don't. Man, times are too critical. Life is too important for us to be so caught up in so many other things that right underneath our nose is God's strategy for his highest and best. It leads us to our big takeaway today. Our big takeaway is in the form of a question. It's a question I'm going to be asking you each week in this series. Here's the question. What one thing, if it got better, would make the biggest difference in your life? I'd encourage you to write that down somewhere. Take a picture of it because it's going to be kind of homework for us this week. Times of prayer when you're spending some quiet time with the Lord or just by yourself. And let this question rise up and say, Lord, what is that one thing that if it got better would make the biggest difference in my life? Let's talk about it. Let's lay a foundation for it this morning. So I want to start by laying a foundation on how God established the church. Now, I know what part two, three, and four is going to be, and so trust me when I say that this first part really opens the door wide open for the rest of what God wants to communicate with us. So I want to talk to you about the church. I got to tell you, I'm a fan of the church. I love the church. I'm a church guy, right? If I had any tattoos, it'd say the church somewhere, right? Um, and and I, I would absolutely, I absolutely love the church. I have visited the church worldwide. I have not been everywhere, but I've been to enough places and cultures and languages and customs and in places where I, I didn't know people, but there was something that bound us together because we were part of the church. I didn't know their language. And they stretched me by feeding me my first fish head. <laughs> right? And all these delicacies, there were things I could not relate to, but man, I knew you were my brother and they were my sister because of the shed blood of Jesus makes us one together. Isn't that awesome? I'm going to tell you something. The body of Christ worldwide is in good shape. Oh, there might be certain segments of it, and, and we might be challenged here in the United States and parts of Europe and so forth, but there are some parts of the world that are on fire yeah. for God. Yeah. The church is, is blowing up yeah. and expanding by the millions. I know we don't hear that in the news, but trust me when I say yeah. the church of Jesus Christ is doing pretty good. Amen. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of the church of Jesus Christ. So I want to lay a foundation about the church, and I want to lay a foundation to clearly help you understand the life-changing benefits of being a part of a church family. Amen. I don't want anybody missing out. Now, I don't want you to hear something today and say, yeah, yada, 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 and, and, and just turn me off. I've heard that stuff before, and he must be setting us up for something. No, sincerely, it's just simply part of this series and part of helping you have a fresh revelation, a transformational understanding of the power of the church. Amen. Because so many of us are missing out. So many of us are missing out on the big plan that God has for the church and your role in it today. So I want to make sure you understand, even in the perfect sinless environment of the Garden of Eden, man's first home, God said to him, it's not good for man to be alone. Well, why? Well, here it is, the reason why. Because we were created for community, fashioned for fellowship, and formed for a family, and none of us can fulfill God's purposes by ourselves. Yeah. You gotta understand that. This is in your DNA. Yeah. 
I don't care what your experience is. I don't care how many times you've been hurt by the church, disillusioned by the church, disenfranchised by the church. You'd pick Jesus, but you wouldn't pick the church. I get all that. I get how the church can be abusive. I get how the church can hurt people, not respect people's dignity, not accept them for where they are. I get all of that. But you know what? Something you have to understand. Jesus, there's only one plan. There's a plan A for the church. There's not a plan B. There's not a place for you folks that have been hurt to go to and the rest of us go over here someplace else. There's only a plan A with God. Amen. And you know what that means? That means we need to give the church as many chances as possible. Amen. I know there are certain segments that beat people up and you don't leave feeling very good or uplifted or strengthened or uh, you might feel condemned and so forth. And, but I believe there are plenty of others. And like us here at IFC, we're working hard to be healthy. We're working hard to be a life-giving church. We're working hard to get it right. And the parts that we're not quite as good as we want to be, we're working hard to make sure all the parts are working together in Jesus' name. Amen. So listen very carefully. While your relationship with Christ is very personal, listen, it's not meant to be private. Now think about that. I mean, that stretches some of you. What? It's, it is very personal, but it's not meant to be private. What do I mean by that? I mean that it's very important that you understand today that, that the body of Christ is for connection. In God's family, you are connected with every other believer, and we will belong to each other for eternity. That's a long time. The Apostle Paul writes this in Romans 12, 5, In Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to each other. So the Apostle Paul had this thought about this. He, he knew that being a member of the church meant being a vital organ of a living body, yeah. indispensable, interconnected, part of the body of Christ. See, the church is a body, not a building. Amen. The church is a living organism, not an organization. Yeah. The church is alive. Yeah. And because the church is alive, it should give life. Yeah. Amen. And the church of Jesus Christ needs to be a life-giving church. But while that's true, you know as well as I do, not every church is a life-giving church. Not every church is a transformational church. If you go to a church that doesn't make you feel better, doesn't put wind in your sail, gas in your tank, help you change, help you be transformed, then you need to find another church. If this church does not make your life better, leave it. Go somewhere else. Amen. Because you need to find a church that brings life to you. Man, you light up. You wake up in the morning. I can't wait to get to church. What does that little Italian pastor have to say today? Right? You can't wait to get to church. You can't wait to realize what is it that I'm going to hear? Who am I going to meet? What family am I going to get acquainted with today? What am I going to hear that will transform my life? See, that's a life-giving church. That's the church of Jesus Christ. For the organs of your body to fulfill their purpose, they must be what? Connected to the body. That's obvious, right? And the same is true as part of Christ's body. You were created 
for a specific role. But you will not discover the totality of your purpose if you're not attached to a living local church. Amen. So you discover your role in life through relationships with others. Here's a Romans 12, 4 and 5, and the message uh, says this. Each part gives its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us find our meaning and function as a part of the body. Hear that again. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? And the answer we know is no, we wouldn't. Absolutely not. If an organ is somehow severed from the body, what happens? It shrivels and dies. Well, it's no different from those who are not connected to the body of Christ. When you are disconnected from the body of Christ, then your spiritual life will what? Will shrivel up and die. I said in the second, seventh, second service, didn't say it in the first, but I'm reminded of it again now, that there's a difference between spiritual hunger and natural hunger. Natural hunger, the less you eat, the more you want to eat, right? Have you had lunch yet? Probably not. Um, I can't wait when the service is over so I get to go eat lunch. I've worked hard today. Amen. And, and, but see, the, the less I eat, the more I want to eat. I get hungrier. Well, spiritual appetite is the very opposite. The less you eat, the less you want. The more you eat, the more you want. Amen. So spiritually speaking, when you don't eat, where you're not connected to the local church, where you're not connected to God's word, if you're not connected to the truth of God's word, amen, you'll eventually say, you know what, I don't miss it anymore. For a little while you will, but you'll eventually drown that out and, and you see that so the less you want God of God, eventually the less you'll want God and you'll shrivel up. And that's why it's so hard to get back connected when you've been away from God a long time. Amen. The church needs to make sure we have open arms, that we encourage people, absolutely. But the more you eat, the more you want. Amen. So I would encourage you to stay spiritually hungry. Amen. See, membership in the family of God is neither inconsequential nor something to be casually ignored. The church is God's agenda in the world. Jesus said, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. The church is meant to be indestructible, exist for eternity. It will outlive this universe and so will it in your role in it. The person who says, I don't need the church is the person who has no clue of God's heart. You don't get it right? And I get why somebody might say that. I understand. Amen. I've been around the church a long, long time from a young child. So I get the competitiveness and the political nature and, and brutish leaders and controlling pastors and manipulation and, and all of that. I get all that. If you've ever been a part of that, I am so, so sorry. That should have never been that way. Absolutely not. But the church of Jesus Christ, man, I'm telling you what, it is alive alive and well. Why is this so significant? Why is the church so alive? Because Jesus died on the cross for it. 
Ephesians 5.25, Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. That's why I'm such a fan of the church. You know why? Because I'm a fan of the shed blood of Jesus. I'm a benefactor of the shed blood of Jesus. I'm a new man because of the shed blood of Jesus. I was on my way to hell, and now I'm on my way to heaven because of the shed blood of Jesus. I was bound, but now I'm free because of the shed blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody. If you got a testimony of the goodness of God, you know it's all because of Jesus. Amen. It's all because of his shed blood. Thank you, Jesus. And we all have a testimony to share about that. That's why I love the church. Why? Because Jesus shed his blood for us. Shed his blood for the church. Amen. While it might not be perfect, I respect it and I honor it. All because of Jesus. And people like me are committed to getting it right. We're committed to getting it right. Amen. We're committed to make sure we do it in the right way. I used to tell people for years, if you don't like me, wait three months. Why? I'm always growing. I'm always changing. I don't want to be in the way. I don't want to be your stumbling block. I might not be your flavor. I might not be whatever it is that you consider a pastor to be. But just like the pastors of the church, so the church, we're always growing. We're always trying to do it better. We strategize every week. Trust me when I tell you. We evaluate. We strategize. We are in meetings for hours. All we do is eat, drink, and sleep. You, the church, how we do church. We want to make it better. Why? Because Jesus died for her. Died for her. Shed his blood. That's valuable. Amen. That's why I don't talk bad about what Jesus died for. The Bible says a Christian without a church home is like an organ without a body, a sheep without a flock, a child without a family. It's unnatural. It's unnatural. It's not a natural state. Amen. To somebody not connected to a church family, amen, it's unnatural, like a child to the family, a sheep to flock, an organ to your body. Amen. Please understand that. There might be seasons we go through that we're in transition and trying to overcome some things, but ultimately we must be connected to a life-giving flow. Amen. Ephesians 2.19 says, you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Amen. Today's culture of independent individualism has created um, many spiritual orphans who just kind of wander from church to church, and they have no identity. They have no accountability. They have no commitment. Amen. One pastor called them uh, uh, blood clots. Just kind of floating around. You never know when it might hit your heart, and boom, man, you're, it's over, right? And, and or, or, or bunnies, you know, they hop from place to place, spiritual bunnies. I don't want to be that, do you? No, 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 I need to be vitally hooked up and connected. When a child is born, he or she is automatically a part of the universal family of human beings, right? But that's not just you're a human being. Human beings need to connect to what? A family. You need to have a mom and a dad. You have relatives. You've, you're a part of a family. Well, spiritually speaking, it's no different. You give your life to Jesus, amen, and because of his shed blood, you become a part of the universal family of God, amen. But that's not, you're not done. 
There needs to be then a local expression where God brings you and sends you and connects you to a local family of believers. Amen. The two are very much connected. So I want to give you five reasons why you need a church family. Five reasons. And I pray this comes alive to you. I pray this becomes so real to you. Remember, we don't want you missing out. So you need to listen with expectation and make sure I'm not missing out. I'm just giving you five reasons why you need a church family. Too many are missing out, don't realize it, and oftentimes just don't care. But but I, I think it's interesting to today. You know, every Sunday before church service starts, um, every dream team huddles, and they huddle together for just a few minutes and go over one of our core values. And interesting today that the core value that our team went over today was core value number four is together is better. It's all about community. So I thought that's pretty cool that the series would start today about what our very core value is that we stand for. Amen. Are you ready? Reason number one, here we go. Reason number one, a church family identifies you as a genuine believer. Yes, it does. I can't claim to be a follower of Christ if I'm not committed to any specific group of disciples. John 13, 35 says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Every time we come together, and, and we come together in love as a church family, right? From all backgrounds and generations and ethnicities. We are here today and we are a living witness to the world. We are proving the fact that we really are believers and we're gathering together on a regular basis with fellow believers. Amen. What a powerful witness to the world. You are not the body of Christ on your own. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, together you are the body of Christ. Each one of you um, is a part of the body. Amen. You can't express that all by yourself. You got to be together. We are a body. You can't be a body by yourself. We are a body and, a, and identify ourselves as genuine believers as part of the body of Christ. Reason number two, a church family moves you out of self-centered isolation. Wow. Local church is the classroom for learning how to get along with God's family. It's a living laboratory for practicing unselfish, sympathetic love. Amen. It's done with imperfect people, right? Now, International Family Church is a laboratory. What do I mean by that? I practice loving you. You practice loving me. You, love, you practice loving others, and others practice loving on you. This is where we learn how to do this. This is where we learn how to do this. This is where the real world is. We're imperfect people. That's why we say no perfect people allowed, right? If you think you're perfect, you don't belong here. And the more perfect you think you are, you'll never find the church because as soon as you get there, you made it imperfect. As soon as I said yes to pastoring this church, guess what? It became an imperfect church. There's no such thing. As a participating member, you learn to care for others and share the experiences of others. 1 Corinthians 12, 26 says, if one part of the body suffers, all part, amen, suffer with it. Or if one part of our body is honored, all the other parts share in its honor. See, it's only in regular contact with ordinary imperfect believers that we learn real community and experience the New Testament truth being connected and dependent on each other. 
Listen very carefully. The church is God's tool to help us fight being a loner. It's easy today to be a loner. Easy today to be cut off. Easy today, I'll do it my way. Easy to, it's easier to, I'll just, I just do this by myself. It's a lot easier that way. But the church is God's tool to say, hey, you're going to be tempted to do that. Don't do it. Stay connected. Be around others. Don't get used to being a loner. Don't get used to being by yourself. Don't get used to doing this your way and thinking you're just the, the wonderful champion that you are. In reality, it's just not true. Amen. No one puts us in isolation but us. Ultimately, it's you that isolated yourself. It's not what somebody else did to you. It wasn't fair. Again, I'm sorry that happened to you, but you got to understand that the larger the family, the more intentional we must be to all connect. Say it again. The larger the family, the more intentional we have to be for all of us to connect. In the first service, my, my mom was here. My mom is one of 11 children. You can imagine all of us with their kids and grandkids, great-grandkids, um, getting together for a family reunion, that takes a lot of, of intentionality, doesn't it? Get all the same schedules and make everybody a priority, right? So the larger the family, the more intentional we all have to be to be connecting. So the larger our family becomes, the more intentional we have to be the more we have to make sure that we are participating in making sure the family gets together. Oftentimes your family is spread out across the United States and whether it's big or small, you got to be intentional, right? Some of you are all around the world. Family members still in other countries and moms and dads and brothers and sisters are not all here with you. And you know how challenging that can be. Maybe you can't go every year. Maybe you have to really plan it and the money and the time and the work. Um, it's work, right? Well, it's no different for us. Yes. We need to make sure we are being very intentional in connecting with each other. Reason number three, Amen. it says this. A church family helps you develop spiritual muscle. Yeah. We can help you be strong. We can help you do that next push-up. Those jumping jacks. Those pull-ups, spiritually speaking, they're tough to do, right? But you don't understand something, that that's part of what our job is, part of what we do here. Everybody has the same muscle structure, but unless you work those muscles, spiritually speaking, you know how that works naturally. You don't use them, you're going to lose them right? All this wiggle stuff underneath your arm, right? Um, and, and, and that happens spiritually speaking to us. We get really saggy, right? Um, and everything that was supposed to stay up here kind of sags down, right? And, and spiritually speaking, we need to understand that's part of the church's responsibility is to help you build that spiritual muscle. Amen. You will never grow to maturity just by attending Sunday morning and being a passive spectator, Only participation in the full life of the local church builds spiritual muscle. Ephesians 2.16 says, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body healthy and growing and full of love. We all have a part to play in that. Maybe you've never saw your role in helping other people grow, but you have a role. You have a part to play to make sure that spiritual muscle becomes a part of our lives. Amen. Over 50 times in the New Testament, the phrase one another or each other is used. Here's a few of them. To love each other, pray for each other, encourage each other, admonish each other, greet each other, 
serve each other, teach each other, accept each other, honor each other, bear each other's burdens, forgive each other, submit to each other, be devoted to each other. Wow, and many other family responsibilities. That's just a small portion of the list that we're supposed to help each other with. Amen. This is biblical partnership. Who are you doing this with? Who are you doing this with? Who has your back and whose back do you have? Amen. See, there should be a, an influence of circles here where we got each other's back and we're with each other and we're doing these things with each other, with one another, amen, and fulfilling the purposes of God in our lives, amen. And we, we, you can't do that when you come in late and meander in and you can't do that leaving right away and taking off, right? I know it happens. You, you worked all night long and it's hard to get here on time or children and all those things. But there's just so many of us that it's just a bad habit of coming late. Amen. It is. Amen. We, we're, we're late so often. And if we were late that much to our employer, we'd get fired. But for some reason, it's just God. Oh, man, it got quiet here for a minute. That's a tender spot right there. Wow. Yeah. Right? So if you want to be a part of this, you gotta you gotta hang out a little bit. You gotta be willing to open up your heart and and as Pastor Josh said, be more open-handed. It may seem easier to live for Jesus when no one else is around to mess up with your uh, uh, and frustrate your preferences. But let me tell you something, that is a false, untested lifestyle. It really is. I've learned over the years. I've seen it happen over and over again. Listen very carefully. Isolation breeds deceitfulness. I would say it this way. If you're not careful, if you live your life this way, you will hear boat whistles in the forest. Somebody went over your head. I get it. What? You're thinking, yeah, exactly. You don't hear boat whistles in the forest, Right? Isolation breeds deceitfulness. You'll start hearing things that just aren't true. You'll start thinking you're something and you're really not. It is easy to fool ourselves into thinking we are mature if there is no one to challenge us. Real maturity shows up in relationships. Wow. Wow. How true that is, right? Husbands, I know you don't like when your wife throws the truth in your face. Now, you can't say amen because she's sitting next to you. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I don't like when my wife probs me, prods me with a sharp stick called truth, right? We don't like hearing it strong, but man, don't we need it? Yes. Absolutely. I didn't want to marry a wallflower, somebody who just worshipped me, and that's what I thought I needed when I was younger. Man, I needed, I needed someone, a, a good woman that would keep my fat to the fire. Because I got a lot of fat that needs to be put to the fire. Spiritually speaking, and never mind. We won't go there right now. Right? We don't necessarily like it. See, Adam developed skill all by himself. Did you know that? He was all by himself. God gave him 100% use of his brain. He named all the animals. Wow. Think about that. And we still use those names today. So all by himself, 
He, he was skillful. He had talent. He developed an amazing ability. True. But he didn't develop character till God gave him a wife. Till God put him in relationship. All the women are saying amen today. Um, come on, guys. I'm with you. I, I know we're all part of the suffering. Amen. I get it. Uh, uh, see, relationships. Relationships is where we build character. It's where we go deep. It's where we get refined. It's where we really realize, is my opinion really all that? And, and that we're willing to be mature enough to, to put a pin in our opinion if we need to so that we can grow and be all that we need to be. Let me say something you might understand at first, especially coming from me. We need more than the Bible in order to grow. Now, please don't get me wrong. It's our foundation. It's our playbook, right? It's our foundation. I get it. It's the truth that's indispensable, and we absolutely need it. But we need more than the Bible to grow. Listen, we need other believers. Because with other believers, we grow faster and stronger by learning from each other and being accountable to each other. Oh, yes, it's so valuable. I know it makes us feel uncomfortable, but it's so good for us. How wonderful would it be for a, a young couple to be adopted by an older couple who are doing awesome and growing? That's why we need spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers. That's why we honor those that have been around and things that got a long time. Why? We need their wisdom. Ladies, you need to tap into the wisdom of, of some of our ladies here that have been around a long time, married for a long time, had their kids, and you need that wisdom. Men, we need each other's wisdom. You need to tap into me. I've been there, done that. You need to tap into older men. Why? Because that's how we grow faster, stronger, and not to make the same mistakes and get the same bumps that we have all the bruises to prove and scars to show for it. Yeah. Amen, somebody? Yeah. Reason number four, having too much fun already. The church family connects you to Christ's mission in the world. What does that mean? It's not just about us. See, when Jesus was on earth, God worked through his physical body, right? He healed the sick. He taught. He blessed. He corrected. He was the physical manifestation of God in the earth. Jesus left, and now we, the church, are the spiritual body of Christ. Amen. And he works through us. Ever heard the statement, the church is the hope of the world? It's true. Amen. See, the mobilized church is the hope of the world. It's a church that understands. It's a church that realizes we have a mission. It's not about just us loving each other. We practice here, but then we take it to work with us. We take it to our neighbors. We take it to the bus stop, and we take it to the subway, right? We take it to the ball game. We take it to school and college, right? That's part of what we do, that we are honored to be a part of Christ's mission. We do that together. Amen. As members of Christ's body, we are his hands, his feet, his mouth, his eyes, his heart. Amen. Sometimes you are the only Jesus that with some flesh on it that people will ever see and know. Amen. I realize that. Oftentimes nobody, they don't have an understanding of who Christ is, but they can learn through me. Oh, I'm not, I don't have a Messiah complex. I know who I'm not, but I know who I represent. I know what this mouth, these feet, this heart can do to represent Jesus well. Ephesians 2.10 says, He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better 
be doing. I love it. Amen. What a joy to be a part of, the, of his big plan. Last but not least, amen. Reason number five, a church family provides you with spiritual protection. Oh, yeah. None of us are immune to temptation. Given the right circumstances, the right settings, you and I are capable of any sin. Any sin. God's know this. He knows this. So he assigns us as individuals the responsibility of keeping each other on track. The Bible says, Hebrews 3.13, I love this. He says in Hebrews 3.13, but encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. Now, today's called today, right? So today's going to be over. What's tomorrow called? Today. Today. That day's going to be over. What's the next day going to be called? You get the point. That means we do this all the time, don't we? We do this on a regular basis. This is the lifestyle of the child of God. So that what happens? So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. I firmly believe that many of us fall to sin because nobody's cheering us on. Nobody's checking on us. Nobody's calling us. Nobody's saying, hey, those symptoms look familiar to me. I've been down this road before. I've been disillusioned and disappointed and depressed before. I've used that language before. I've had that demeanor before. I I recognize that. It hasn't been too long ago since I've been there, done that myself. Many people in our ranks would be a lot better off if more of us participated in the protection of the body of Christ. Amen. Now, we on a pastoral team, we understand our role to protect, to guard, to care for, to nurture. We get it. We, we know one day we will stand before God and give an account for your souls. I'm aware of it all the time. Every counseling session, every time I get up here on a Sunday morning, anytime I stand behind this sacred desk, anytime I got to be involved in some things um, uh, that might be touchy or controversial, I always am making sure that I can stand before God one day and be willing to give account for the counsel I gave and the choices I made. That's huge. Amen. It really is. So we take our job very seriously. We really do. Always trying to improve. Always trying to be better. Amen. But here, it's a two-way street, and I recognize this is because Hebrews 13, 17 says this. Hebrews, thank you. I skipped one. Be responsive to your pastoral leaders. Listen to their counsel. They are alert to the condition of your lives and work under the strict supervision of God. Listen, continue to the contribute to the joy of their leadership not its drudgery why would you want to make things harder for them thank you very much i love that verse of scripture right it's a two-way street I'm going to stand before God one day and give an account for how I handled you and you're going to stand before God one day and give an account how you handled me right right it's a two-way street. It's, it's not fair to be a one-way street. we we got to work together at this. Amen. So we listen to wise counsel. We don't frustrate wise counsel. And, 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 and we don't see people's lives falling apart before our eyes. I mean, it's their choice. But, man, it just makes life harder when, when just good old practical common sense and spiritual counsel could absolutely be a great blessing into your lives. See, this is a partnership together. Amen. Satan loves detached believers unplugged from the life of the body. 
isolated from God's family, unaccountable to spiritual leaders. Why? Because he knows they are defenseless and powerless against his tactics. Wow. These five reasons are powerful. And quickly we just say it identifies you as a genuine believer, moves you out of self-centered isolation, helps you develop spiritual muscle, connects you to Christ's mission to the world, and provides you with spiritual protection. Why is all this so important? Why have I taken the time to do this today in part one? Because it proves you're committed to your spiritual brothers and sisters in reality, not theory. In theory, any one of us can say, love you. Do the three pats on the back. Love you. Love you. Love you. Amen. That's a theory. But man, we need to work at it in reality. Amen. Real life reality. See, we don't love ideal people here. We love real people here. You might think, man, everybody in this place is so spiritual. It's only me that's so unspiritual. It's only me that had a tough time with my words yesterday. Only me that I had a tough time with that habit or that lifestyle yesterday or this past week. It's only me. If they only really knew my story. No, if you only knew all of our stories. Man, you would realize how human all of us are. And starting with your pastor, you'd realize, wow, man, we are truly, God uses imperfect people to do amazing things. You can spend a lifetime searching for the perfect church, and you're just not going to find it. The Christian life is more than just a commitment to Christ. It includes a commitment to other Christians. The first decision brings salvation. The second decision brings you community. And we'll talk more about that today. Amen. Now listen, in the series to come, here's our big takeaway. Let's close this. What one thing, if it got better, would make the biggest difference in your life? Maybe in those five reasons might find one, your one thing, that if it got better, if you got closer, if you got connected, if you opened up, if you maybe um, met someone new today before you left and introduced yourself to somebody, maybe you said, you know, I need prayer. I've never opened up my life to prayer. I've never allowed one of the prayer partners to pray with me. I've got something I'm dealing with that I, I'm working hard with. I know what's really personal, but I, I, I need somebody to, in confidence, pray and agree with me. Maybe point me in the right direction. Maybe that might be your next step. Maybe your next step is to climb those stairs today even though your car is parked down here, or go up the elevator and go into the cafe and meet some amazing small group leaders. Yeah, maybe that's your next step. Maybe that's your one thing, to get connected, not just to the back of somebody's head today, but, but see somebody's eyes and be in a small group. Maybe out of that small group, you might not share your heart with the whole group, but maybe one person might stick out or somebody might develop a friendship that you feel comfortable opening up your heart with. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. Amen. But, th- but maybe it's, it's, it's step two this week. And learning about your divine design. Maybe that's your next step. Or joining a team. Amen. We don't want you missing out on God's great, big, wonderful plan for your life. I promise you, God will show you. And I pray that he does. And we're going to ask the same question next week with a different, set, with a different message. What one thing, if it got better, would make the biggest difference in your life? I don't care who you are. 
whether your name is Jonathan Del Turco or whoever and whatever your name is, we all have a next step. I have one. That if I took that next step, amen, it would make my life better. It would make the biggest difference in my life. I'm, I'm praying the same thing. What is that one next step? Amen. That walk through that door, man, it opens up a whole new world for you. Amen. Sometimes it's a small door that opens up into this big room for your honor, for God's honor and glory. Amen. Don't despise that next step. Amen. Don't feel like I don't care or I'm just unwilling. No, no. Understand who you are. Understand we don't want you missing out. Understand your spiritual DNA and your life will never again be the same. Did you learn something today? Come on, let's stand to our feet. Hell, thank God for his goodness today. Come on, raise those hands towards heaven. It's always a good thing after a message like that to surrender to God and say, God, I received that today. God, that was good for me to hear today. God, that hurt my feelings there. Or that was good and that I didn't even know and that like was ouch. But Lord, it was all good for me today because I want to grow. I want to be the best that I can be. I want to be the best wife, mother, husband, father, friend, student. Oh God, I thank you. I want to be that interconnected part of the best version of me because others bring out the best in me and I bring out the best of others. So Father, we surrender to you and we say yes. Yes to your DNA in us. Thank you, Father. Expand us and enlarge us for your honor and for your glory today. What's it all for? It's to build a firm foundation. It's for you to be stable and strong. It's for you to have a foundation like you have never had before. Maybe you're the first one in your family that's pressing into God, wanting something better, wanting something stable, wanting something real, wanting to build your life on something. Well, thank God. I want to make sure that everyone here is building on a firm foundation. I want to make sure everyone here today, Jesus lives inside of your heart. Man, there's no more important decision. That one thing that's above every other thing is to make sure Jesus lives inside of your heart, that your sins are forgiven. Heaven is your home. Eternal life belongs to you, and you're right with God. Man, how wonderful is that today? I want to make sure your sins are forgiven. Jesus lives in your heart. If you're here today, you'll say, Pastor, I have never done that. I've never opened up my heart. I've never prayed that prayer. I'm not sure where I'd spend eternity. I, I, I need this one decision that'll make my life so much better. His name is Jesus today, and he wants to live inside of your heart. I'm going to ask you in a moment to raise your hand, not because I want to embarrass you or not because I want to ask you to come forward, because I want you to acknowledge your need for Jesus. It's very personal. But don't be afraid to say, yeah, that's me today. I need Jesus today. You've never done it, and today is the first day that you're going to say yes to Jesus. Who are you? I want to pray for you. Raise that hand nice and high. I want to pray for you. Did anybody like that today? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, sir. I see it. God bless you. Awesome. Amen. Who else today? What a big decision. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I see it. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. God bless you. Good for you. Hi, how are you? What's your name? Jasmine. Jasmine? Nice to meet you, Jasmine. God bless you. Please stand right here, Jasmine. That's awesome. I think Jasmine's a little excited. How about you? Isn't that awesome? God bless you, Jasmine. 
Amen. Why don't you stand by Pastor Josh? We're going to pray in just a moment. Isn't that great? I love that enthusiasm. And I say, yeah, I want some of that. God bless you, Jasmine. Who else feels that way today? Amen. If you haven't raised your hand, you'll say, man, I, I need Jesus today. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus like Jasmine and others. Anybody else today, Pastor? That's me. If you're joining us online today, God bless you for joining with us today. We're going to pray in just a moment. Anybody else? Sometimes it just takes a moment to think, what, what is I'm asking about? What am I doing here? Giving your life to Christ? Saying yes to Jesus? Wow. That's life-changing. Anybody else before we pray today? Come on, let's, let's bow our heads, pray this together, all of us out loud, including you, Jasmine. God bless you. Let's pray this prayer together. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm ready. I need you, Jesus. I need you in my life. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. But you didn't stay dead. You're alive and well. And now I ask you to come live inside of my heart and make me alive. Forgive me for my sin. I denounce my past and I want to live for you. I believe from this day forward my sins are forgiven. Heaven is my home. I receive by faith salvation eternal life I declare you as my Lord you are my Savior in Jesus name Amen awesome congratulations God bless you have a great afternoon thank you for listening we all can grow deeper in our relationship with God Next Steps is a four step growth track that meets each week that will help you grow and reach your full potential Come to Next Steps to discover your God-given purpose so that you can help make a difference in the lives of others. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, and share it with friends and family. To stay connected to what's happening, visit intlfamilychurch.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Thanks again for listening.